This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. If you wring the, the, the cloth that is NASCAR, that, that drop you get is, is absolutely concentrated Americana. If you go to a race, you will see every component of popular culture expressed in like 10 minutes. Right down to the shoes we buy and the things we drink and eat. And as you move through the campgrounds, as you move through the concessions, as you hear the benediction and see the flyover, you begin to understand a lot about America that is perfectly distilled in NASCAR. Hey everyone, Matt Beamer here. Thank you so much for tuning in to us this week here at In the Marbles. We're so happy that you're here, whether you're on the Unhinged Sports Network or on your podcast platform or on YouTube. We're happy that you're here and we are so excited about today. We have a few big announcements through Unhinged Sports and own personal announcements that we're excited to bring you here. But first things first. Preston's not here today. He has started a new job. As most of you know that in the past, he was a firefighter with me, so it was easy to schedule out everything since we're on shift work. But now he is not a firefighter. He's delivering packages, as he likes to say. He doesn't want to tell anybody where he works, and that's understandable. So he is not here today again, and we wish him the best of luck. Hopefully he'll be here next week. And to be honest with you, this is my third time doing this show. I've found that the first two times were just horrible, not to the quality and standard that I want to bring to you here at In the Marbles. But I'm hoping that this show will go off well, and I think it will. Like I said, we have a few big announcements, not only through the Unhinged Sports Network, but personally here. And we are excited to bring those to you today nothing really going on here though as far as me uh caroline and i fixed up the studio so if you're watching from youtube we updated everything you can see it from the wide shop we totally revamped everything and it's only going to get better better from here for youtube quality want to thank my wife for doing that and taking the time to go through that it was a lot of work but other than that there's not a whole lot going on here and it's just status quo and I hope it's everything's going out there with you guys I know we're in crazy times here with the election coming up COVID still going on us not being back at the racetrack in full capacity 
just a crazy 2020, but the light's at the end of the tunnel. We're almost at the holiday season, and we are almost there, folks. Let's just get through this together. We can get through it. I know we can, and move on to 2021. Bigger and better things for everybody and the country as a whole, I feel. But that being said, I think it's good a time as ever to just hit the ground running. We have a lot to cover today as far as the Roval and news and auto racing. So let's go ahead and hit into the headlines of the news. All right, first piece of news that I have, headline number one, as I would like to say, is that Calling Racing is going to be moving up from the Xfinity Series to the Cup Series in 2022. And this is a good thing for Calling Racing. They're doing it at the right time, in my opinion, not like Denny Hamlin Racing, where they're going to go in right away. I think they're biding their time and going to go ahead and start moving up there right away at the right time. Not to say they might not run one or two races this year but in the Cup Series, but I think they're doing just fine in the Xfinity Series. I don't think they need to move up any faster than they need to. They got a good team in Justin Haley, A.J. Allmendinger. But as we all know, that their third driver, Ross Chastain, is going to be moving up to the 42 car, taking over for Matt Kenseth with that Chip Ganassi Chevy here in 2021. So I don't think that... It will be a complete team, but definitely a good move for Chastain here, moving up to the 42 car coming up here in 2021. But they do have an alliance with Richard Childress Racing, and that's going to be beneficial to them in the long haul. I believe that that's a good move for them. Calling Racing, moving up to the Cup Series in 2022. Headline number two, a new team starting next year, which... Again, I don't agree with because they're going to go right to the Gen 6 car and then transition into the Gen 7 car in 2022 is a team that I'm personally looking forward to a lot. Another alliance with Richard Childress Racing, and that is Trackhouse Racing. Now, this team, after doing some research, is owned by Justin Marks, who was a driver at one point in the Xfinity Series, raced six Cup Series races, 35 Xfinity Series races over nine years, but with one win in the Mid-Ohio Challenge in 2016. So not really a household name to say, but one, I think he's been trying to do this for a while, and he's taken over the charter of Levine Family Racing, and again, it's going to be a RCR-affiliated team. They're going to be working out of RCR's shop there in Welcome, North Carolina. And they're going to be driving the 99 car to pay homage to Carl Edwards, who has retired here in the last few years. And everybody misses Carl Edwards. Everybody wants him back. I think he's not coming back anytime soon, but it would be fun to see him come back. But I tell you, I think this is going to be another big step for Richard Childress Racing. It just seems like I hope they're not drowning themselves and spreading themselves out too thin, but I don't think they will be because here, announced in October 1st, Richard Childress Racing, headline number three here, by the way, is going to be collaborating with Hendrick Motorsports on Chevy engines. Now, why is this a big deal? Chevy hasn't won a championship since 2016 with Jimmy Johnson, his historic seventh championship there. So they've been struggling against a powerhouse team such as Joe Gibbs Racing and Penske Racing since 2016, so for the past four years. 
Chevy's best chance to win a championship this year in 2020 is probably with Chase Elliott. He's going to be definitely a championship favorite if he makes it to Phoenix in the Final Four. But I really, I really do believe this is going to be this is a case of the enemy. My enemy is my friend. We need to team up, and I don't think this is necessarily Richard Childress Racing and Hendrick's idea. This is probably a over them this Chevy level idea, saying, "Hey, we need to get together and." Try to figure out a way to make these engines powerful, make this team a winning team, make Chevy a championship caliber team again because Toyota and Ford are totally kicking butt. And I don't, I don't think, I think Chevy's just sick of it. Now, the downside to this is I could see them, if another manufacturer, manufacturer were, were to come in, like a Dodge or a Honda, now this could throw a stick into everything because they're going to be back with a lot of money and a lot of racing experience and, and not necessarily Dodge. I mean, Dodge hasn't been in the sport for a while now. I think Chevy's just tired of losing championships to Ford and Toyota, and this is a good way for them to finally get together two powerhouse teams, that really the flagships of Chevy in the sport of NASCAR, especially in the Cup Series, coming together and trying to make something happen as far as that. So that's my two cents on that. I'm sure I could talk longer into that, but two big teams moving up here and one new track house racing along with my uh, Denny Hamlin racing coming in next season and then uh, calling racing coming in in 2022. I can't wait to see what those teams bring to the table and especially in the new Gen 7 car. I think that's going to throw a wrench in everything, hopefully make the playing field a little more stable and those guys can go out there and show that Joe Gibbs and Team Penske's and Hendricks of the sport that we are here to play and we're here to compete well and watch out. And I think that's probably another reason why Richard Childress and Hendrick are coming together is because there are a lot of big-name name teams coming out here, and for them to just stay stagnant and try to do things themselves is not going to work in the long haul. But the silly season news here, headline number four, is that Matt DiBenedetto has signed a one-year deal with the Wood Brothers Racing Organization until the end of the 2021 season. In 2022, Austin Sendrick will take over for Matt DiBenedetto in that Wood Brothers racing car. So here's the situation with that. Matt DiBenedetto has one year to prove himself a worthy driver in that Penske stable. Yes, Wood Brothers is his own organization, but they have an alliance with Team Penske. And I could see one or two things happening from this. One, Matt DiBenedetto goes out there and totally dominates 2021, gets his 100th win for the Wood Brothers organization, as well as his first career win in the Cup Series, and totally just dominates and surprises everybody and shows everybody that he needs, he deserves more so, that seat in the Penske organization. Or he crashes and burns, doesn't run up to expectations because everybody in that organization and I dare say in the world of NASCAR fans and everybody likes expecting him to win this season. That is a winning car. Last win came in 2016, I believe, with Ryan Blaney at Pocono. So the team has the ability to win Penske backing, Penske power. They have no hesitation on that whatsoever to win and all three drivers in Penske is one except for him he's come close and Talladega and Las Vegas second place finishes but just not close enough that's not going to take the cake home for you 
So if he does well, he's going to, I dare say, probably move up to a full-time Pinsky ride because Brad Kozlowski has signed a one-year extension in that number two Ford for Pinsky Racing. So he does well. Brad Kozlowski might go somewhere else. And Matt Benedetto moves up to the big-time Penske seat while Austin Sendrick goes into that 21 car, which is really a developmental driver for Penske, go on and maybe pursue a 22-car ride in the future, taking Joey Logano's spot. That's the way I see it. As Levine Family Racing is a pipeline for Joe Gibbs Racing, That's uh, that 21 car is a pipeline for Penske Racing. And I think that might happen, but Matt Benedetto has to prove himself. I think he will, but we've said in the show before that it's just crazy that he showed up after he got eliminated, and then he started doing well, running competitively, running where he needed to. And I don't understand that. I don't understand why you don't show up all the time, but it is what it is. 2020 has been a crazy season for everybody, not only us, but drivers aren't immune to it as either. But there is a statement from Matt Benedetto, and I wanted to read it to you because it kind of shows what we talked about last week, the humbleness of this guy. Matt Benedetto said, It is such an honor to be able to continue to drive for Wood Brothers Racing and have another year to grow with this organization. I am excited to learn from our 2020 notebook, and I'm confident that with a full season under our belt and working together as a team, we will produce even better results. I also want to thank Ford Performance and Team Penske for their efforts in making this happen. These types of decisions take a lot of time, as we all know there are a lot of factors in play. All three groups want to make the best decision for everyone involved, and I appreciate it to have the opportunity to continue to compete for such a legendary race team. And we wish you the best luck, Matt, because... uh, I think you do deserve a ride. You're definitely a fan favorite. You're one of my favorite drivers. My wife's not even a fan of auto racing, and she is a fan of Matt Benedetto. So I'd like to see that and see him run well, and I think everybody would like to see Matt Benedetto run well. He's been so close so many times, and I've said it before on this show that I never heard an ovation for a second-place driver like I did at Bristol in 2019, the night race where Denny Hamlin passed him, and... Matt Benedetto finished second, and once he was on the big jumble screen there in the center of the racetrack, the, the place erupted, and that was really cool to see. So best of luck, Matt Benedetto, in 2021. Last piece of news I have, and another piece of silly season news coming up here, or confirmed opening, is that Clint Boyer will be stepping away from his ride at Stuart Haas Racing after this season to join the Fox Sports booth with Mike Joy and Jeff Gordon in 2021. Now, Clint Boyer is definitely one of those fan favorites that I know I'd like to watch race, and he seems like one of those guys, and I'm sure a lot of people base their driver picks on this, is that he's one of those guys that if he were sitting there with you, you could talk racing, have a beer or two with him, and just have fun. He seems like a down-to-earth guy, and I... I don't know him, but just based on what I've seen on TV, I definitely would like to have him on the show one day and just talk racing and his life. And he has a great background, and he's definitely one of those journeyman drivers. Yeah, he's won 10 races so far. He's got another four races coming up here to add on to that. 
but he was so much fun to watch. And in him and Jeff Gordon in the booth, it's going to be fun because when Daryl Waltrip was in the booth with Jeff Gordon, it seemed like an ego competition. Of course, those guys both won a lot of championships com- together. Daytona 500, it's a lot of races between them. But I don't think it's going to be like that. But what I think will be fun in this is if everybody remembers back in 2012, Clint Boyer was in a championship hunt and he was and he bumped Jeff Gordon the wrong way of Phoenix. Jeff Gordon turned and wrecked him, and there was a big fight in the garage area, and this was at the towards the end of the race, I think maybe with two, three laps to go, if I remember correctly. And he got in there and he was mad, and Clint Boyer gets mad and passionate about this sport. He wants to do well, just like everybody else. But that particular season, he was in a Michael Waltrip ride, going for a championship, got taken out by Jeff Gordon, and man, they let him have it. And I tell you, I don't I think they've been the fences. I mean, if you guys recall, if you guys watched the iRacing at Talladega where him and Jeff Gordon were playing iRacing together and just laughing and cutting up, I think they've been the fences. But I wonder if it would be interesting going back to Phoenix at the start of 2021 and saying, hey, remember when we did this and went through that together? I think that would be funny to see, but I think he's going to bring a chemistry to the booth with him and him, Jeff Gordon, Mike Joy. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I think it's going to be fun just to hear his input and stuff, and he always makes a wise crack here or there. But that's going to be sad to see, but then that leaves this, an open seat for that team. So who goes into that seat? I believe it's going to be one or two people. It's either going to be Chase Briscoe coming up from the Xfinity Series, who's already a Stuart Haas Racing driver in the Xfinity Series, going to move up and get promoted to that seat. Or it might be Kyle Larson. There's been a lot of talk about Kyle Larson since his incident back when this whole pandemic kicked off and he made that racial slur on iRacing. And that was a huge hit to his career, but he's done well since then as far as racing on the dirt tracks, just dominating on the dirt tracks and winning everything, it seems like. But then you you could see that he Stewart, Tony Stewart himself has tried to bring him back, tried to convince NASCAR he needs to come back, he needs a second chance. But could this be Tony Stewart throwing out the life raft to Kyle Larson and saying, this is your chance, come back, don't mess this up, don't mess it up again. Because I don't think, you know, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. And I think Kyle Larson has learned his lesson. People mess up. People make mistakes. Nobody's a water walker. And for him to come back to Tony Stewart, I think that'd be good. But maybe Briscoe has another has a shot to go up there. He's doing definitely very well in the Xfinity Series this year. Definitely championship contender. But we'll just have to wait and see. I think it's going to be at the end of the year where we get finalized stuff because Briscoe's going to concentrate on his championship drive there in the Xfinity Series. But we have time. Tony Stewart has is a smart individual there. It's Stewart Haas Racing. He knows how to run a team, and time will tell with that. But that's all the news I have. We're going to go ahead and get into our checkers and wreckers here in our weekend review. All right, before we get into our weekend review here, I wanted to take this opportunity to tell everybody where you could get the latest in the Marbles gear, such as hoodies, T-shirts, and more, to show everybody around you, all your family and friends, that you are a true Marblehead. At teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash in the marbles, you can find all this gear and more promised to come out here in the next few months. And it's very simple to use. You just go to teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash in the marbles and you can get anything you want. And like I said, there's definitely more on the way. And if you order between now and October 31st and enter discount code, code marblehead, you'll get 
an extra 10% off of your order. So go over there to that store. Show everybody that you're a true Marvel head and listener of the show and dedicated fan of the show and get your gear today. That's teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash in the marbles. Again, that's teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash in the marbles. And remember to enter in that discount code MARBLEHEAD to get 10% off your order. All right, our week in review here, and as always, we're going to start off with our checkers and records. But before I do, man, what a weekend it was in NASCAR. It definitely was a weekend to behold, and no one, and I mean no one, who's a hater of this sport can say that these guys don't race in the rain and these guys don't have adverse conditions thrown in them. All they do is turn left. False. 100% false. And I'll tell you this, that was the most exciting race that I've seen since 2001 when I became a fan of the sport, especially in the Xfinity Series, but in the Cup Series as well with this playoff format. It has made it so much fun, and the Roval is the perfect cutoff race for a playoff year and playoff format of points that we have right now. Both races were outstanding. We're going to get more into detail into that, but first we're going to go into our checkers and wreckers here at In the Marbles, and my first checker, we talked about him earlier in the show going to the Fox Sports booth. My first checker is Clint Boyer. Folks, he gave it his all. With about 40 laps to go on a road course, his power steering went out. And when power steering goes out in these cars, it's if you've ever had power steering go out in your car, you pull over and stop. You can't steer that thing. He had his power steering go out with 40 laps to go. And he never recovered. Hearing him talk, he said, "This isn't good for us. We're gonna have a. We're not gonna make it." And but he gave it his all. Finished tenth at the Roval. Was in a must-win situation in order to advance to the round of eight. Couldn't get it done. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. He gave it. I'm reiterating on this. He gave it his all. And. That power steering failure hit him. He was running up front. He was doing everything he needed to do, put himself in contention to win at the Roval. And just bad circumstances right there. But, man, it was fun to watch. And even with that, oh, it was so much fun. It was so much fun to behold and witness. And my second checker for this week here at In the Marbles is A.J. Allmendinger. Won his second victory at the Roval in a row and he did it under worse conditions than the Cup Series. It was raining the whole time there. The darkness was starting to play a factor with that red flag delay in there, that 30-minute delay or so. And he went out there and schooled everybody on how to drive in the rain, and he has a little bit of more experience of doing it in there in a race car as far as driving in the rain and racing in the rain. But even then, if you, were a car, if you weren't in front or you had cars around you, you couldn't see with all the – Water being misted up there from the tires. Both races were fun to watch. We're going to get into more detail here once we rate the races. But we, I only have one wrecker here, and it's a sports writer, writer named Jim Utter. And he is my only wrecker here only because of this. During the course of the cup race, Alex Bowman came on the radio and said, I'm having some anxiety in the car because he was in a position where if a Kyle Busch won the race or a Clint Boyer he was in in that bubble where he could be potentially eliminated. So he needed to run well and do well throughout the course of the race. 
So he came on the radio, told us, I have a little bit of anxiety. I'm getting a little nervous, you know, naturally, as you would in that situation. And Jim posted on Twitter, hashtag anxious Alex. And, man, he got slammed for that. Everybody was pretty upset about that, and I don't blame him. And I think that goes to show you have to be careful what you post online because the Internet and social media in general is the judge, jury, and executioner. They will let you know what you did wrong, and they will demand an apology. And I think he just needs to man up and accept that he messed up. And, again, people mess up. Just accept it and move on. Say, babe, I messed up. Move on, Jim. But that's my only record for this weekend. And But overall, man, what an outstanding weekend. And here's how I rated the race. We're going to start off with Cup. And the Cup race, I rated it good. It wasn't as much fun as the Xfinity race. It started off wet. So NASCAR brought the cars down pit road and put on wet tires. You have to start on wet tires. But then by the end of stage one, it's dried up a little, and dry tires and slicks were the way to go. As Evan with Ty Dillon coming in, putting on slicks and looking like just on a rail there. Way faster, it was obvious, by seconds of everybody else on wet tires. And four drivers from the championship 12 got eliminated, and those drivers are Clint Boyer, we've talked about him, Kyle Busch, which was a big surprise, defending cup champion, was hoping to get up there and do well and get past this round and shake off 2020. This was going to be the place to do it. Not saying he still can't win the final four races and upset everybody but he won't win a championship in 2020. Let's just say that. And I tell you one thing about Kyle Busch. I have a few clips here from interviews, and I don't know what it was. Maybe he had to come into Jesus moment during this season. Maybe this season has humbled him. But it used to be in interviews where Kyle Busch would just be so angry at his team, at everything else, all the external factors but him. And these clips are from his post-race interview at NBCSN. And I just want you to listen to them. I don't know about you, but if you've been following the sport for a while, you know this isn't Kyle Busch. This is a not typical Kyle Busch, let's say. This is somewhat, This feels like Kyle Busch is starting to mature a little, and I want you to listen to clip one from the post-race at the Roval with Kyle Busch. It's just been unfortunate circumstances, a lot of bad luck. You know, but these guys on this M&M's team, they never give up, and they fight all year long, and all, every race and every lap and every pit stop, as we can see, you know. But, man, one of them off years is a terrible year for me. But uh, as other sports greats would say, um, there's many other drivers that would love to have a year that we're having. But, man, it's just frustrating to know how good we are and what we're capable of and, and being champions from last year to not come out here and, and to be able to succeed and be able to win. I mean, fact of the matter, you know, we win, and, and we'd be a hell of a lot better, uh, better off. But... Uh, I knew this round was going to be trouble with the year that we had, and um, yeah, that's right. After that first part of the interview, he was asked, do you think the pit stop? Now, he had a chance to pit during that last segment, during with a handful of laps to go to pit, and I thought, yeah, there's absolutely no question in my mind that he would pit, be on the same tires as these guys, and give it his all and go. But he stayed out from the direction of his crew chief, and he had to live with that. He had to live with that decision, and he was up there at front for a little bit, but then once everybody started getting past him to chase Elias and everybody, going past him, he was left in the dust. He had no way to counteract that. 
So he was asked, do you think a pit stop would have helped? And he answered this. And again, it was another surprising interview with Kyle Busch that I think shows maybe he's starting to, like I said, come into that, have, come into that maturity that everybody wants to see from him. No, we probably would have been third or fourth, somewhere in there. Uh, the nine was the nine was stout, was stellar. They they got the best car here, so um, we got a lot closer this year than we were last year. For as far off as we were last year, I felt like this was at least a decent run, a better run for us. But we still got a lot of work to do to try to get better. I'm not sure what it is, but man, we just we lack a lot of drive uh, drive off the corners with laps. Now, now at the start of 2020, when this whole pandemic thing happened, and they went to Darlington for the first time, and they started making up races and racing weekly and doing and just one day shows. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. He was blaming the lack of practice for this issue, the lack of practice for his lack of performance, not being able to tune the car right. But we got to understand here that there are 39 other drivers out there, three of which are his teammates, and Denny Hamlin, Eric Jones, and Martin Truex Jr. And Truex and Denny Hamlin have won races since this whole pandemic started. So I don't know... He was blaming that a lot, and I didn't really much care for that because everybody else seemed to be doing well and adapting to their current situations and not Kyle Busch. And if Kyle Busch isn't happy running up front, as evident at the end of the Bristol race, he was mad at that. He blamed the lap-down car for that, the Bristol night race that just happened. He blamed everything else externally except I just didn't get it. And I think we're starting to see a turn in it. He's either accepting the fact that 2020 isn't his year, let's look forward to 2021, or he's just saying, you know what, maybe it isn't these external factors, maybe it's me. I didn't put myself into many positions to win. I didn't do anything, and, and that's great. Love Kyle Busch or hate him, you want to see him run well. You want to see him run well if you love him because you're a Kyle Busch fan. You want to see your driver run well, and do well in the sport. It's very simple. If you don't like Kyle Busch, you still want to see him run well. Maybe not on the exterior, but interior, you want to see him run well. And here's why. If Kyle Busch runs well, and he's finding your driver for the win, let's just say a Chase Elliott. If he's running down Chase Elliott, and him and Chase Elliott bump doors and go down the front straightaway and have a photo finish, and Chase Elliott wins... Well, then, you know, as a Chase Elliott fan, you beat one of the best drivers out there in Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch is one of those drivers who you want to see run well no matter what. I know I I personally cheer against him. I like cheering against Kyle Busch only because of this. I want to see the Brakislavskis, the Matt Benedettos, the Denny Hamlins, the Kevin Harvicks, beat him, but I want to see him run up there to say, we beat Kyle Busch. I don't want to see Kyle Busch wreck. 
yeah, when he wrecks, a lot of people cheer. And when he didn't do, when he was racing Bristol, I wanted to see Kyle Busch win. Because one, I've never seen Kyle Busch win in a cup car. I've seen, I saw Kevin Harvick win the previous weekend before at Darlington. So I didn't want to see Kevin Harvick win. That's just my personal preference when I go to races. I want to see someone else different win every time. But man, I I saw a good race at Bristol with him and Kevin Harvick. And Harvick beat Kyle Busch. And that was awesome because Kevin Harvey beat by far the best driver out there right now in this series. In the current format we have, out of all the drivers, Kyle Busch, I dare say, is the best driver out there. And if you can beat him, that's great. And everybody just seems to have his ticket. He just doesn't have everything falling into place this year. I think he's going to shake off this year and come back stronger in 2021. Watch out, world. Kyle Busch is going to be a contender for that race. For next year's championship. Two other drivers got knocked out in the round of 12 at the Roval. Austin Dillon and Eric Amarola. Eric Amarola wasn't really expecting him to be a faster he, factor. He was definitely in a must-win situation. Didn't do so well in this round at all. And Austin Dillon, not a surprise there either. Starting off the season strong, making it to the round of 12, and now eliminated out of there after the Roval race. So... Not a surprise on both of those, but definitely a surprise in Kyle Busch and and somewhat of a surprise with Clint Boyer as well. But I tell you what, you got to hand it to Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott has his back-to-back Roval win, a little less spectacular of a faction than last year. Last year he hit the wall going into turn one and drove through the field, and it was amazing to watch, and it was amazing to be there for that. But I tell you, this whole weekend was a carbon copy of last year, and we'll get more into that in the Xfinity race with Elliott winning and Almendinger winning. But his fourth win in a row on a road course did Chase Elliott have, and he's drooling for next season. 16% of the races are going to be at road courses in 2021. The problem with that, there are 84% of the races on short tracks and intermediate tracks and super speedways. This would be great if in all three if all in all four rounds of the playoffs that there was going to be a road course to help his chances. The only road course I saw on the playoff schedule was the Roval, which means he's got to make it through all the rest of the four races after the Roval in order to be in contention for a championship just like this year. He's going to be a factor of those road courses. He needs to work on his intermediate and super speedway packages and short track in order to be a true championship contender in the Cup Series, in my opinion. Because 16% of the wins, if he wins all six of the races next year of road courses, great. He needs to, he's got that solid. He knows what to do there. Work on the short tracks, work on the intermediate tracks, definitely work on the super speedways. A lot of stuff at those tracks, I get it, are out of your hands and in the hands of other drivers. But you need to be a good all-around driver. If you're just a good road course racer, 16% is not going to cut it as far as consistency throughout the field looking at next year in 2021. But congratulations to Chase Elliott. And now we go to our Xfinity rating, and I rated that an outstanding. That was an awesome, awesome race. In the most adverse conditions... That these guys race, and they learned a lot as well as NASCAR and the tracks did. They learned that they need to waterproof their gear. 
there were a lot of radio communication issues with that race. With every driver, it seemed like drainage issues. This was a wake-up call for the tracks and NASCAR. They need to work on their drainage, and they got all year next year to do it. Six road courses, especially. We're going to look at the cup level. Sonoma, Watkins Glen, the Roval, Indianapolis Road Course, Road America, and Circuit of the Americas. Six road courses coming to next year have realized that at this Roval race, drainage is an issue. This could potentially happen again, especially with, again, at the cup level, 16% of the races being ran at the road course where we can run in the rain. That drainage has to be an issue. We can't stop the race for 30 minutes to let the weather pass and go. I want to see a race go on, adapt to the situations for the teams. And I want to see the teams adapt to that situation as far as the rain. But now this is a good time to say we need to work on our drainage. We need to make sure we can handle the amount of water that could potentially come through any type of system that we have. Now, I'm not saying race in a hurricane and just have water being dumped on you. But if it's an amount of rain that we had at the Roval during the Xfinity race, this is a good chance for them to say we need to work on our drainage. We need to work on all the things. Don't work on the turns. You can't do anything with the turns, especially at Daytona and the Roval, those are kind of there to stay, but everywhere else you could definitely NASCAR and the tracks can definitely work on the drainage issues. So that's one thing I'm taking away. And I think we saw during the Xfinity race that this, that rain is a great equalizer. It is right up there with tapered spacer racing at tracks such as Daytona and Talladega. It takes B and C teams. I dare say even D teams and puts them on the same level as a teams. It's a great equalizer. It was so much fun to watch and under the most adverse conditions. But I think NASCAR learned a lot. I think the teams learned a lot, not only in all three series, if they were to race on the rain, that we need to work on waterproof and radios. We need to work on all these factors, and we're going to make a better show for 2021, most definitely. Not saying it was a great show. It was outstanding. And a poll that I saw at from Charlotte Motor Speedway's Twitter account and Asked what was the best race of the weekend, and I was a part of this poll, and I voted the Xfinity race, and 51% of the people agreed with me. The I, the IMSA race, which I didn't watch, was 8%, and the Cup race was 41%. So pretty much a dead heat between the Cup and Xfinity, but the Xfinity definitely took a cake for me. Outstanding race that we saw there in the Xfinity series. The final race of the, season, of the weekend, I should say, was the Formula 1 race from the Nuremberg Ring. Folks, it was a dud, 100% dud. But I will tell you this. Hamilton tied Michael Schumacher's all-time wins at 91. That's huge for the sport of Formula 1. So congratulations to Lewis Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton to Formula 1 is like Kyle Busch is to NASCAR. I like rooting against a guy. When somebody beats him, as far as Lewis Hamilton, they've beaten the best. So you have nothing to hang your head down about losing against him. I mean... It's just one of those things. And when he's out front in that Mercedes, he's out front, and you got to do everything you can in order to stop him. And it's tough to. It's tough to beat a Lewis Hamilton. But that was the only historical part about the weekend. Other than that, the race itself, the best racing was 412th, and Preston would be here debating that 100%. Like, oh, no, there was so much good racing between these guys. It's like, if it's not for first, I don't care, you know? 
But congratulations to Ricardo for getting his first podium of the year. And he's one of those guys like a Clint Boyer you want to sit down and have a beer with. Ricardo is to Formula One as Boyer is to NASCAR, just like Hamilton is to Formula One as Kyle Busch is to NASCAR. So there are similarities to the sport, but again, the Formula One race was a complete dud. Not happy about that. It was just one of those things where it was what it was, and really nothing you could do about it. Um, there's no Formula One race coming up next weekend, but or this weekend, I should say. But it was just, ah, Formula One race was a dud. I'm the NASCAR guy. I've always been the NASCAR guy. I always will be the NASCAR guy. And that's it. It was a dud. <laughs> I'm going to beat the dead horse just uh, sitting here talking about that, how much of a Formula One race was a dud. But upcoming races for this weekend, all NASCAR, all going to be going on to Kansas Motor Speedway to start of a new round of the playoffs. And here's what's when they're going on. The cup race is going to be on October 18th at 2.30 p.m. on NBC. Xfinity race will be on October 17th at 7 p.m. on NBCSN. And the trucks will also be on October 17th, just prior to the Xfinity race at 4 p.m. Make sure to go check those out. I don't, it's going to be an exciting the pressure is getting tighter and tighter on these guys. The round of eight has started. Punch your ticket right now for the final race at Phoenix. Put yourself in that position to be a contender and a participant in those final in that final race at Phoenix, in the final four. And I think we'll get more into that on a show that I will announce at the end of this show for the Unhinged Sports Network. But, folks, that was our weekend review. It was definitely a great weekend. And now we're going to get into a movie review, one that I've been waiting to do for a while. ESPN's Ultimate NASCAR, The Explosion, and NASCAR's Rise. This movie is a part of a four-part series that is called NASCAR's High Octane Sports Collection. And this particular movie is was made in 2007. It is so good as far as one of my favorites. It, it, it shows the passion. The quote at the beginning of the show was from Jeff McGregor, and he talked about that passion, and he talked about that, what you get out of NASCAR racing as far as the pure Americana, the everything it's it's so true, folks. Every time I go to a race, I it sends goosebumps over my whole body when I hear the invocation, when I hear the anthem, when I see the flyover, when I hear the fans cheer. The fans themselves is what makes the sport. It talks about it being a Southern sport coming up from the roots of the Scots-Irish going up there and starting the moonshine, and that's where NASCAR started and taking their – skills from the driving moonshine into and converting them over to the tracks and it, folks i can't iterate enough this is such a good documentary and like i said it was made in 2007 during the next tail era you, you look at the change in the sport from 2007 to now a lot of big sponsors are gone you have crown royal lowe's home depot dupont national guard Havilland, tied the army and at&t gone now the all tail and at&t's and all those companies really got booted out there because of Sprint and Nextel. And I get it. They don't want to see their competitors on the track being sponsored. And, hey, AT&T won a Sprint Cup race. So I could see that. But 
at the same time, I can't, if that makes any sense. But it's, it's crazy. It talks about a few tracks. It talks about Talladega and how it's a Mardi Gras act- atmosphere and just how cr- you know much fun it would be to go there. I'm definitely going. I'm definitely going to try to go there next year because Talladega would be a fun race to go to. And it talks about how this is a working class sport. The blue-collar sport, the grease under their fingernails, this is the sport for those fans. And they also had a quote in there from Ernest, Ernest Hemingway stating that there are only three sports, mountain climbing, bullfighting, and auto racing. The rest are games, and I've taken that quote since 2007 and ran with it. Football is a game. Hockey is a game. Regardless of how much fun they are to watch, and they are fun to watch, auto racing, you can definitely die in as evident in Many cra- fatal crashes through the year. Bullfighting is definitely crazy. I wouldn't want to do that. And mountain climbing, you could forget that. But this is a documentary, and I've mentioned it in the show before, where Kyle Petty said not everybody could hit a golf ball, not everybody could throw a football, but men and women can drive. And they look at NASCAR and say, I think I could go out there and show these guys what's up. Such a great, great documentary. But I will say it that about this. It was made in 2007. So, of course, they went back to the 2001 Daytona 500 in the death of Dale Earnhardt. As a fan of the sport from 2001 till now, the death of Dale Earnhardt, yes, it's there. But my goodness, every documentary after 2001, especially the 2001 Daytona 500, mentioned that day. And, of course, there was a segment in there where Richard Childress came on and said, we had a fast car, and we thought we had a good shot of winning our second Daytona 500 and going for our eighth championship. And right then you knew exactly what was going on. And they talk about Dale Earnhardt and the death of Dale Earnhardt and how it affected the sport. And they went on and on about that, and it just seems like it's a requirement. Every NASCAR documentary since that time, that this has to be brought up. And you hear Daryl Waltrip talking about it again and it's just one of those things where it's that crossroads of NASCAR where they go away from it and it's unfortunate it happened safety has definitely improved since then but they just can't seem to get away from that then it also brought up Brian France and Brian France is a individual in NASCAR I loathe and they said Brian France is taking us away from the dirt under the fingernails sport and putting us more polished. And man, I tell you what, what Brian France did to the sport, we could dedicate a whole episode to, and I'm not saying he did a good thing for the sport of NASCAR at all. He totally wrecked it. But like I said, that's for another episode, but this is definitely a movie to go check out. Again, it's called ESPN's ultimate NASCAR, the explosion and NASCAR's rise. Volume 1, I'll get to Volumes 2, 3, and 4 here in the next couple months. This movie, this documentary overall, 4 lug nuts. It's, the only reason it's not getting 5 is because, again, they harp on the death of Dale Earnhardt. They harp on that whole thing again and just, man, I get it. Don't remember. Don't forget about it. But it doesn't need to be brought up in, in every documentary that we have going on in NASCAR since the 2001 Daytona 500. To me, it doesn't. For that, four lug nuts again, ESPN, Ultimate NASCAR, 
the explosion in NASCAR's rise goes through the history of it. It highlights a lot of drivers, a lot of cool factors in there. And if you're a fan of the sport, that is the documentary you need to check out if you haven't before. So it's definitely up there in the, in the Marvels ratings for me personally. Great documentary. Go check it out. And from there, we're just going to get into our final thoughts this week in NASCAR and our driver of the week. White flag, white flag, white flag. One lap to go. One lap right here. All right, before we get started in our final thoughts and our In the Marbles 2.0 standings, late breaking piece of news here. We had him on the show before. Jesse Awuji is going to be making his second start in this series and his first on an oval in the 99 Chevy Camaro for BJ McLeod Motorsports in the Kansas Lottery 300. And I'd like to have him back on the show. He was a great person to listen to, Navy reservist. And so, yeah, I saw that come across my news feed on Facebook before this final segment here, and I wanted to bring that up to you. He's making his second start, first on the Oval in the Xfinity Series, definitely moving up the ranks. He's got the drive and the passion to do it. So we wish Jesse all the best of luck in that race there at Kansas for B.J. McLeod in the number 99 Chevy. Make sure to keep an eye out for him this weekend. And now we get into In the Marbles 2.0 standings. And if you don't know, In the Marbles 2.0 is a fantasy league that I've created on NASCAR.com where you enter in, pick your drivers, just like fantasy football, anything like that. And if you win the season, you get a $100 Amazon gift card. If Preston or I win the season, it plump, it carries over into the next season where you could get a $200 Amazon gift card. But after the Roval, the standings looked like this. SMR R&D still in the lead with 5,384. Beamer on a Beamer, 5,307. That's going to be a closer one coming down to Phoenix. It's going to be, I think, one of those two. I'm in third with 5,046. S-Blades has 4,999, about to break that 5,000 mark point gap. And SMRR Operations, which is Preston, 4,963. And right there, down, Meep Meep, Crunchy Enterprises, 43andMe, Jay Waka Flocka, Wiregrass Racing, BK Racing, 57. Better luck next year. I think 2021 will be a better year. And definitely follow us on all social media platforms to find out when we are going to start off our In the Marbles 2.0 Fantasy Racing for the 2021 season for your chance to be entered in to win a Amazon gift card, not entered in. You have to earn it over the course of the season, but it's definitely worth it. It's definitely been a lot of fun. Hope to have more next year. Now we get into our driver of the week this week here at in the marbles and our driver of the week this week is a fellow South Carolinian and it is Kale Yarbrough. Kale Yarbrough has had a very successful career in NASCAR. He's gone down as one of the greatest ever. And his breakdown of achievements in the sport is definitely one not to look at and go, wow, he has not created, he has not accomplished anything because he definitely has. A three-time cup champion, won three in the row, three cup championships in a row in 1976, 1977, and 1978. The only driver to do that before Jimmy Johnson came along and did it in the 2010 season, winning three in a row. 1984 IROC champion, that's international race champions, four-time Daytona 500 champion in 1968, 1977, 1983, and 1984. Five-time Southern 500 champ at his, at his home track there in Darlington, South Carolina. 1968, 
and holds the records for most polls in the season at 14 in 1980. That's the most in the modern era. Ran 560 races over a 31-year career. His first race came in the 1957 Southern 500, and his first win came at the 1985 Valdosta race. Untitled race, unsponsored race, but his first win came in 1965. His last race was at the 1998 Atlanta Journal 500, and his last win in his historic career came at the 1985 Miller High Life 500 at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. During the course of his career, he has 83 wins, 69 poles, and 319 top 10s. Kale Yarbrough, your driver of the week this week here at In the Marbles. And for this week in NASCAR, we go all the way back to October 13th, 1963. Driving a Ray Fox-owned Chevy Impala powered by the legendary 427-cubic-inch mystery motor, Hall of Famer Junior Johnson scored a dominating victory in the National 400 at Charlotte Motor Speedway. After qualifying on the outside pole in the white number three, Johnson led 209 of the 267 laps, including the final 43, to finish 12 seconds ahead of Fred Lorenzen to claim the first prize money of $11,720. And man, I tell you what, 12 seconds ahead, I complain about Lewis Hamilton finishing four seconds ahead and winning all the time. This Junior Johnson in 1963 finished 12 seconds ahead of Fred Lorenzen. He could have coasted from turn three all the way to the finish line and been fine. And that was your This Week in NASCAR, October 13th, 1963. Dominating victory by Junior Johnson. That, was, that would have been fun to watch back then, watching all those legends of the sport and pioneers of the sport get it done every weekend. But the big piece of news that we have here in the Marbles, and this has to do specifically with Unhinged Sports Network, in the Marbles is going to do an exclusive race day show for the Unhinged Sports Network, and it's called Race Day Unhinged, presented by In the Marbles. It's going to be every Sunday at 9 a.m., right before the big racing of the day, where we give you all the stats and who we think we're going to win and do well and watch out for. Pretty much everything we've done on In the Marbles prior to our new format changes, we're going to do for that show. Race Day Unhinged, 9 a.m. on Sunday. Make sure to tune in for that. It's an Unhinged Sports Network exclusive, and we are proud to do that, and we cannot wait for that show to develop more in the future. It's going to be a lot of fun. Maybe do some on-site shows, such as maybe we're planning something for the Daytona 500, being there at the Daytona 500 for the 2021 season. A lot of things are happening here, not just here at Indy Marbles, but Unhinged Sports Network. Make sure to check out Unhinged Sports Network every race day at 9 a.m. for that show we are looking forward to it and definitely looking forward to bringing it to you on the unhinged sports network and i'd like to take this opportunity to personally thank uh the unhinged sports network for all they do for not only for me but for all the podcasts they have it's a great network and a collaboration of all sorts of sports podcasts such as the gridiron gallery number one mma podcast chokeslam wrestling report the jeff tate show the the referee the far end of the bench time to bs podcast sports and things duff city podcast insert name here fc football club podcast they have all 
types of sports there. Make sure to go check them out anytime you can. And the best way to follow them and get all the updates on that is at Network Unhinged on Twitter. And they also have a Facebook at Unhinged Sports Network. Make sure to go follow them on all social media accounts and make sure to follow those podcasts if you're not interested in the racing and or if the racing season's over. Go ahead and check them out because they have sports going on all the time. The latest and greatest from their perspectives. It's definitely worth a follow and a checkout. And I also want to say make sure to go visit in the Marble store there at Teespring. That's teespring.com forward slash stores. And that's plural forward slash in the marbles for all your in the marbles gear. And make sure to enter in that code Marblehead for 10% off from now all the way to the end of October. And that's all I have for you guys for this week. I want to thank everybody so much for tuning in to us this week here at In the Marbles. Whether it's your first time or it's your 56th time listening to the show, thank you so much. Make sure to follow In the Marbles on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube for the latest and greatest from the world of auto racing. Make sure to check us out at the Unhinged Sports Network every race day at 9 a.m. for Race Day Unhinged, presented by In the Marbles. For Preston Lude, who's not here, I'm Matt Beamer. Stay safe and have a good rest of your week. redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.